0: It is pure statistics. There are, hun- there are hundreds of thousands of businesses that literally will not make it 30 days from now. There's many who have already gone under, have gone bankrupt, have had to literally fire everybody on their team and close their doors after a week of coronavirus. Delta Airlines, huge company, fortune like 100 company within the month of March, shut down half of their fleet lost $2 billion in revenue. Great day, great day. You are listening to the Jerisha Said Podcast. Having the courage to start your own business and actually sell your consulting services online can be tough. Look, it may not be easy, but it can be simple. In each episode, we take a deep dive into one core growth strategy so you can gain a solid understanding of what's required to serve your clients, sell your services, and scale your consulting business online. All you have to do is listen to what Jerisha said. So if you are ready for a transparent, I'm talking all the way real, edge-snatching strategies, grab your castor oil and keep listening. I am your host, former engineer turned online high-ticket sales coach, Jerisha Hawk. You probably chose to tune in today because you have a burning desire. You have had this idea of starting a coaching business and creating consistent revenue, but there's a gap. Something's missing. You are ready to raise your rates, but you lack the confidence with being able to attract an audience of high-end clients and sell them on your offer. That's why this episode today is brought to you by my signature program, Newly Enhanced Services That Sell. If you've been thinking about turning the skills that you currently have into a high-ticket, four-figure service that you can sell consistently, I encourage you to sign up for my free crash course training at jerishahawk.com backslash raise your rates. I'll make sure that you know everything that you need to not just deliver your services and help your clients get amazing results, But how to actually attract those types of clients and sell them consistently using very simple foundational sales strategies. This method has been developed specifically for those who don't have a large audience and who don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to get complicated funnels to actually work. This is your time to gain the clarity that you crave to confidently sell your services online. Do not waste another minute. Visit JerishaHawk.com backslash raise your rates today. Register for the next training and finally get an efficient plan that you can follow and implement so you can start selling your services. Visit JerishaHawk.com backslash raise your rates now. Hello there. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm really excited about today's conversation uh, because I have had the privilege of literally text messaging at least like 50 or 60 of my prospects over the past couple of days, just talking to them about what their business problems are, what their concerns are, what they're experiencing. And I want us to talk about today what you need to pivot in order to protect your online coaching business. Whether you sell coaching services, consulting services, or you're a service-based business owner, there are some things that are really vital for you right now that you need to be pivoting. And if you're not pivoting, you're really putting your revenue um, at risk. So I just wanted to talk about that today. My fiance literally just yelled in here, telling me to take my hat off my head. If you are watching this live, y'all are getting the down and dirty Diana today. I'm keeping it 100% real with y'all. I got my little hat on my head. I just recently deep conditioned my curls, okay? I don't care what's going on with Corona. Your curls still need to be hydrated and popping, you know, I got a little silk situation going on up under here. I'm situated. Okay. My skin is still glistening. Yes, it is. Still been doing my little routine morning and well, not even really morning and night. I've been, I've been doing it once a day trying to conserve my product consumption, but I wanted to check in with you guys because as many of you that I have talked with over the past couple of days, this is something that I'm seeing percolate up and rise to the top of a major concern. And I'm like, okay, we need to talk about this. Like the family we need. To, you know how Willow and Jaden and Jada and Will Smith be coming together for a little red table talk? We need to have a little money table talk. We need to have a little how hustle table talk. I don't even know what to call this right now. But we need to gather ourselves around and have an honest conversation about what's going on with your some things that need to pivot within your business in order for you to protect your business, maintain your business, sustain your business that many of us are avoiding um, and are quite frankly, I think, unaware of. So we're gonna have our own little uh, red table talk. We're gonna call this uh, the Hawk hustle table talk, the black table talk. I don't know what we're gonna call it, but that's just what it's gonna be, okay? So if you are here for that, please feel free to continue on uh, listening and engaging in this conversation because I think it's going to be very vital for you if you are somebody who sells services, who sells coaching, who sells consulting, anything along those lines, okay? What do you need to pivot in order to protect your online coaching business? This is still relevant if you sell consulting services and still relevant if you were a service-based business owner, all right? The first thing that we all need to realize is that Whatever marketing or messaging that you were using a week ago, a month ago, last year is not relevant today. Somebody type that in the comments for somebody who didn't hear that. The messaging and marketing that you were using a week ago, a month ago, last year is not going to be relevant right now in today's climate. And the reason being is the, the coronavirus, the one, I say one of the biggest benefits if you're a business owner that this coronavirus has presented you is it has made it 100% visible like what your clients pain points are your clients pain points are more visible now than they have ever been before like hear me when I say that your clients pain points are more visible right now than they have ever been before have ever been before and the the, the disconnect though for some of you guys like I said I've talked to over 60 of you guys literally this morning in my text messages I sent out my personal cell phone number That's how type of type of and we're going to talk about that in another second too. type of dialogue. And so many people are still holding on to, well, this is what I did before. I don't know why it's not working now. This is how I was messaging it before. I don't know why it's not landing now. This is the problem that I wanted to solve for this audience before. But I don't know why it's not converting now. The coronavirus has impacted people's lives at a very real level like every single person, you know, family, cousin, auntie, neighbor, coworker, boss, everybody's lives have been impacted. Everybody's businesses have been impacted for the better or for the worse. But the pain point, you guys have to also understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Are you guys familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Just give me like, have you ever heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yes or no? Many people sell things at a higher level in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, more about like self-esteem, self-awareness, more of like, I don't want to say fluffy, but non-tangible, non-survival based uh, promises of their programs. And quite honestly, if you are not selling a vital necessity or have pivoting your messaging to align with somebody's vital necessity, it is not going to land because people are in crisis mode right now. People are clenching their dollars and clinching their pockets like never before. People's decision-making criteria on why, whether or not they choose to hire you or whether or not they choose to cancel your services, they're, they're at a heightened level of sensitivity than they were a month ago, than they were even just a month ago, right? So when you think about your offer and you think about what it is that you're actually selling, if you are not helping your clients survive at a foundational level right now, your offer has almost become irrelevant. And I just want that to land real quick. And I was literally having this conversation with my leverage clients today. These are my high-end clients. We're a lot we are able to go a lot deeper in psychology than in some of my other programs. But I was literally telling them some of you guys are going whatever your signature service offer was a month ago, if it does not align with one of those core basic needs and necessity, like sales, articulating program promise. Either attracting clients or retaining clients, like either helping them get new money or maintain the money that they already have, your offer is going to become a nice to have and not a necessity. And the biggest thing that you need to pivot right now in order to protect your coaching business, your consulting business, your service based business, you may need to pivot your promise of your program. And that might also mean that you need to change the audience in which you've been trying to sell and serve. I was literally talking to somebody earlier today and she was like, well, I don't think I can sell a high ticket offer. She was um, trying to help a uh, like recent college graduates get their first job. I'm like, honey, you trying to sell to an audience who ain't got no money. Like, and I'm not saying not all of them don't have money, but the average college graduate with a criminal justice degree is does not have five thousand dollars laying around to pay you. Their parents might. But right now, like jobs, you know, like in, in, unless it's a, in, a, in a in a career path that's actually profiting right now off of the coronavirus, what you have to sell now just became a nice to have. It is no longer a necessity. So if your program promise does not align with a pain point specific problem that is relevant that just happened, you need to pivot your program promise to align with that With your so, you're, so you don't become obsolete in your ideal client's eyes. Does that make sense? That is the first thing that you need to pivot in order to protect your online business right now. The promise that it is that you deliver, the promise that you are articulating, that may mean that you need to pivot it. And you guys know, y'all, if y'all been following me any length of time, you guys know I'm always preaching you need to have one signature service, one core offer, one proven process. I'm not saying that you need to change your entire process for delivering your service. However, you may need to change the positioning of your offer in order to sell it. Do I need to repeat that again for anybody in the back? I'm not saying go build another course or like create a whole nother thing. Your process a lot of the time does not need to change. The actual thing that you do to deliver your service probably does not need to change. However, the positioning of your offer in regards to how you sell it needs to evolve. You need to pivot it, okay? First thing is first. That's the first thing. If you do not, if you were previously selling something that was, and this is how, how you probably need to know whether or not you need to pivot. If you were struggling to sell prior to the coronavirus, do not blame the coronavirus on your lack of sales now. The coronavirus for you is probably just amplifying a problem that has already existed in your business. I'm going to repeat that because I know somebody needed to hear it. If you had a difficult time selling your service prior to coronavirus, meaning in January and February, if you had a difficult time articulating your value, communicating the promise of your offer, do not blame Rona on why you're struggling with revenue and consistency in your revenue, okay? Rona didn't break your business. That problem has already been there. Corona is just amplifying the problem that had already existed. Just like your pain points of your audience are more visible than ever before, the problems that existed in your business are more visible than ever before. You cannot solve a problem if you do not acknowledge that one exists. You cannot solve a problem if you will not acknowledge that a problem exists. Until you acknowledge that that is the problems that are presenting themselves in your business, you will never be able to fix them. So problems are not a bad thing. The quicker that you can acknowledge that you actually have a problem or have an issue, the quicker you can start to reactivate your brain to discover a solution. That is the biggest thing there. So that's the first thing we need to talk about pivoting, guys, is the promise that you deliver and the positioning of how you're communicating that promise may need to evolve. Probably all of us need to evolve. I've had to evolve my program, Promise, in the past week. Your ability, the speed at which you can pivot will be the speed at which you will start to see financial um, impact. But the quicker you're able to evolve and pivot, the better it is for your business, the better you will be positioning your business. Okay. second thing that you need to pivot is your mindset. I don't know how many people I have talked to in the past four days who be like, Jay, coronavirus is going on. Can't nobody afford my services. I said, what data do you have to prove that? If you keep going to Fox News thinking everybody is broke right now, I need you to turn the news off. Like, people still have money to pay for things that are relevant to the pain points that they are experiencing. People do not have money to spend money on things that don't make sense, that the outcome isn't clear that the deliverables aren't, you know, detailed and outlined for them. People ain't got money to just be gambling right now or guessing right now or hoping and praying that you're going to come through for them. No, if your program promise is not clear and it is not 100% dialed in on this is the outcome you're going to get by working with me, no, they're not going to pay for you. They won't. They might have taken that risk before, but unless you are have that dialed in and you are speaking with certainty and confidence, they are not going to bet on you. But if you are delivering an offer that aligns with the pain points that they have, people will spend money on it. Yes, they will. I don't care what nobody says. That is the truth, but that's always been the truth. It's always been the truth. But I just think we're at a time period right now in our economy and in our society where people at the, the level of certainty that people are looking for has dramatically increased overnight and your ability to have a well-packaged offer that caters to the pain point specific problem like I've been talking about, I'm going to keep talking about until your promise can align with that. And and, let me not just say it's not just that, it's also your ability to articulate it in a way that they can understand. If you can do those two things, you will not have a money shortage right now in this time period. You won't. You won't, you won't, you won't, you won't, you won't. You will still make money. You will probably be more profitable in this time period than you probably were previous to this time period. But it all is about you being able to make that adjustment and pivot. And that's, a, and I think too, so I, that was kind of like twofold with the first thing. But the other thing that you need to pivot is you need to stop projecting your limiting money beliefs onto your prospects. That is a mindset and a belief that you need to pivot from. Stop projecting your limiting money beliefs onto your prospective clients. Just because you're afraid to invest in yourself right now does not mean your prospective clients are afraid to invest in themselves right now. I know I just snatched somebody all the way off. If you keep operating out of a fear-based mentality right now, that's on you. Do not project that onto your prospective clients. If you keep saying, well, I'm going to wait. I don't know if I can. I know I need help with sales. I know I need help with articulating my value. I'm not going to invest in something that will help me figure that out. I'm going to wait because I don't know how much longer this corona thing going to last. That is a that's probably one of the dumbest things you can do. How long is corona going to last? This is going to have a ripple effect for months. Easily a year. Like, they, you know, we were watching something last night. Doctor was like, it might take 18 months before they even come up with a virus. I mean, come up with a, uh, what is it called? What's the thing? What is the thing that cures the, <laughs> cures the virus? Come up with a vaccine. This ain't going to be like April 6 comes around and corona is no longer an issue. Like, no, like, this is not going to be, thank you guys, a vaccine. This is not going to be some, like, overnight, everything's back to usual. Like, that's not how it's going to work. Uh, and so, like, you have to make sure like if you are operating out of a fear-based mentality, making decisions out of lack mindset, out of a worry mindset, out of uh, 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 this fear-based mentality, you can claim that, but do you need to pivot from projecting that onto your potential clients. And quite honestly, like you like I think the other the final thing that you need to pivot in order to protect your coaching business right now is this, like one, like one, don't project it onto your potential clients. And two, you need to recognize where you're limiting yourself because of that. Yes, it can be super scary right now what's going on in the economy, but if you sell online, if you you know, your business is really built around attracting clients online and converting clients online. You have a massive privilege right now. You have the ability to sell. You have the ability to still help the economy move money. It's called cash flow for a reason. Money needs to move. Money needs to be flowing in and flowing out to keep our economy st- like stimulated. And if you're an online business, you already have a major upside and a, an immense privilege that a lot of other businesses quite frankly do not have. I've talked to so many of my friends who have event-based businesses, wedding planning businesses. Shoot, we might have to cancel our wedding. Our wedding's in July. Me and my fiance were literally just talking like are we going to have to cancel our wedding because we don't I don't know what's going to happen with corona in the next 3 or 4 months. Right? hair salons barber shops like there's my my friends who are teachers so many of my friends have been laid off not even laid off have been fired because the companies that they work for can't even afford to pay the unemployment contribution that they have to make if they were to lay everybody off you are in a you are in a a in a place of pure privilege if you attract clients online and have the capability of converting clients online the worst thing that you can do right now is stop selling that is the worst thing that you can do. The worst. Because if you ain't got no money, please tell me how you're going to continue to pay your bills. If you don't have any money, please tell me how you're going to continue to pay your team. Like, if you ain't got no money, please tell me how you're going to go to the grocery store and keep buying groceries and doing all of that. That's all I got to say. Like, y'all, mm listen, I ain't got time for this no more. I don't. Like, it's either either step up or step off. Like, I think the, the thing I love about times like this is you really see what you're made of. When you have nothing else to lose, you see what you are really made of. And at a time like this, you ain't got nothing else to lose. If you've been afraid of showing up and doing live stream videos and you won't do it now, get out of business. Like, literally, I would shut down your LLC and get out of business like if you have been afraid to actually articulate your value because you feel like you're not qualified or not good enough and you're still afraid to speak up and and share what you can bring to the table quit like this is your chance to like blame it on corona and get out because if if you keep thinking like oh well like if you keep like now is not the time to be to be playing fearful franny i'm like i'm gonna call it like it is I'm going to call it like it is. And like I said, if y'all don't like what I'm saying, unfollow me. Unsubscribe from my email list. Remove yourself from my Facebook group. I don't want you around me no way. Because I don't want to be around a bunch of people who who aren't going to give it 100%. Period. Like, and now is not the time to be pussyfooting around. I told y'all. I, I gave y'all ample warning at the beginning of this live stream. I did not. I think I gave everybody ample warning. Full warning. Like if, you, like you, at a time like this, where you have no, you literally have nothing to lose, you have nothing but everything to gain right now. And if you still won't show up, what excuse do you have? What excuse do you have? Tracy, oh dear, is right. Oh dear, is right. Oh, Tracy says she just tuned in. girl. You came in on a hot part. Somebody said I'm going hard today. We live in a hard time right now. Like, c- recessions are the time where you see which businesses were, were made for more. You see which businesses will survive and, or, and which ones will literally die. Some of y'all, y'all businesses will not last a month from now. You'll be, you will have zero clients. You'll be making zero dollars in revenue. If anything, you will be in the red. And I'm, not, and I'm not saying that to, like, speak negativity on anybody. It's just Statistics. It is pure statistics. It is pure statistics. There are, hun- there are hundreds of thousands of businesses that literally will not make it 30 days from now. There's many who have already gone under, have gone bankrupt, have had to literally fire everybody on their team and close their doors after a week of coronavirus. Delta Airlines, huge company, fortune like 100 company within the month of March, shut down half of their fleet, lost $2 billion in revenue. Yeah, I'm going hard on y'all. Y'all need to hear this truth. Why? Because I want you to win. You would not be here right now still listening to my, what I'm saying. I know I'm going hard right now. I know I'm cutting in, cutting in. Y'all still wouldn't be listening right now if you didn't also want to win. Do you want to win right now? I just need to know. I want you to win. I want you to still be able to provide value to people. There's so many people who still need help. People's pain points didn't go away because of the coronavirus. Like I said, they have been heightened and more aware because of what's going on. The disconnect might be you, your ego may be preventing you from making a necessary pivot to be of service to the clients that need you most right now. If you are somebody like, well, I don't want to sell that. (laughs) Like, what? Your business is not created to stroke your ego. Your business is not a playground to entertain you. Your business exists a thousand percent to solve somebody else's problem. Point blank, period. If you are not in business to solve somebody else's problem, get out of business. You are not in business to get support, to get these like sympathy checks in. No, you are only in business if you continue to solve problems that people have. And before some of y'all get a little wild and start creating offers that trying to solve every problem that your ideal client has, don't do that. Your job is only to solve one specific problem that they have. Not every one of their problems. Do not try to become some broad overarching charity. That's the fourth thing that we need to pivot. I didn't even know I had a number four, but we got a number four. Stop giving away all your stuff for free. (laughs) Like, Y'all do not, like. you guys are not 501c threes you are not a charity your business is designed to create opportunities for transactions to take place and in order for a transformation to occur between you and a client a transaction must have taken place I understand that people right now are in a, in a, in a position of need and in a position of support however support does not mean you need to give away all your services for free support can look A variety of ways support can look a variety of ways and for some of you guys like I said this goes back to point number two of of your mindset and how you are projecting your beliefs onto your your limiting beliefs onto your prospects many people start offering free because they think their clients can no longer pay that and and it's easy to think that because of what's going on in the media and what's being perpetrated in the media however y'all don't do that We have not discounted our services at all. People are still paying $2,000 to join our program. Why? Because it solves a pain point specific problem. If you need help overcoming sales objections, if you need help raising your rates, if you need help articulating your program promise, if you need help communicating the value of what you do in a way that other people can understand, our program helps you do that. Why are we not giving you a discount on it? Because I need you to be 100% committed to doing the work that is required to get the result that we promise. If you want a discount on my services, that means you also want a discount on the effort required to get the results. And I am not about to set you up for failure. Not Jerisha Hawk. No siree. People are still paying $12,000, $15,000 to be in my, my leverage group coaching program. Why are people still paying that despite what's going on in the economy right now? Because they want help leveraging their one on one services into a high ticket group program. They're ready to be- go beyond the 200K mark. It solves a pain point specific problem. Y'all don't, don't, like, listen, stop treating your business like a nonprofit because it's an easy way out for you. Like, If you want to, now get granted, if you want to be a, well, IJ, I want to just give back to the community. Choose to do that. Do not do it under the label of your LLC, though. Your LLC is a business, not a nonprofit. Or just do it because you care to do it. Every, Every passion that you have doesn't need to be monetized. Every passion that you have does not need and is not a business model. So just because you care to do it doesn't mean that you need to force yourself into making it a business either. That's okay. Like a lot, like really, really take a moment to reflect on what it is that you need to pivot in order to protect your business right now and do what is necessary. The speed at which you can pivot will also be the speed at which you'll be able to start to make, you know, regain some momentum and make the changes that are necessary in your business. If you need help with overcoming sales objections, you know, we have a training for that we have something called the right response training. It's less than a hundred bucks. It's literally, and one thing I do want to clarify, all of my services that we offer are designed for people who sell four figure services, four and five figures. So if you sell something that's a thousand dollars or more, our programs are designed for you. If you sell, you know, a $27 ebook or a $300 digital course, I'm not the one, but if you want to sell high ticket offers, you know, $1,000 to $15,000 for your service and you need help with the things that we discussed, do not hesitate. Send me a direct message um, and let me know so we can actually help you get the resources that you need to secure, be able to more effectively articulate your program promise, communicate the value that you offer, and overcome sales objections so you can help who you need to help during this time period. It's like you cut us and left us bleeding and we didn't even know it. (laughs) I want y'all to win, man. And like uh, the, like I said earlier, like if you do not acknowledge the problem, you cannot fix it anything. like if you don't acknowledge that a problem exists, there's nothing for you to fix. So like out of everything that we talked about today, you need to first acknowledge which one of these things is a problem that I have. Have I been operating from a fear-based mentality far before coronavirus existed? You know, there's some of you guys who have been following me for a year, for 2 years, for 3 years and your business still has not grown in that time frame. Because it's not because you don't know what to you don't know how to serve your clients and deliver your service, you still have not yet learned how to sell. My thing is what the heck are you waiting for? Whether you hire me or hire somebody else, you need to hire somebody that can teach you how to sell. Selling your your services and serving your clients, you know, getting more certifications and more degrees and learning how to, you know, I'm I'm still working on building out my program curriculum. Who cares how dope your program curriculum is if you don't know how to sell it? Like real talk. Like I don't care if you, my thing is I don't care if you hire me or not. My biggest thing is sales is probably one of the most vital skill sets you need to be paying attention to right now. Now is not the time for you to keep lurking around and oh, this is the this is my PS. Okay, if this were an email, this is the PS for any of you guys who have notoriously been the ones who are funnel hackers. You know where you try to just mimic what you see your idols doing, trying to okay, well she did this, so I'm I'm gonna just I've you know you watched twelve webinars, and then that now makes you feel like you're uh, prepared to go build your own webinar and sell it yourself. Um, anybody that, that that is in that boat. Or who just, you know, you, you have literally subscribed to people's email lists just so you can see what they're sending out when and then you try to like reverse engineer it and hack it and funnel hack it. I want to tell you right now is a time to be extremely cautious not to do that shit. And I'm cursing on it because the marketing and the messaging and, that worked literally a month ago does not work today. It will not work today. And my biggest regret or fear for you would be is that you try to funnel hack and copy somebody who's actually losing money and bleeding like crazy right now in their business. You are right. I'm about to go off. Uh, Mainly because you the worst thing that you can do is copy somebody else who is failing, but you don't know that they're failing. I have been in the rooms like literally all day Thursday and Friday of last week and all day Thursday and Friday of this week. I'm in strategic planning meetings with my coaches literally surrounded by hundreds of other business owners who are doing, you know, 300K, half a mil, a million dollars, $5 million, $17 million in revenue. You do not know who is winning right now. And you do not know who is bleeding like crazy right now in their business. And if you keep trying to funnel hack and copy somebody else, you might be copying somebody who is literally losing money. And then you wonder like, well, why isn't it working for me? You're copying a strategy that does not work. And my thing is you won't even know it. You'll never know it because on the outside, they're going to still keep their facade. They're going to still keep their pretty images going. They're still going to keep their Facebook ads in your face. Like You don't know what's going on behind closed doors. And secondly, there's like, y'all, listen, y'all got to do better. We have to do better. As a collective, we need to do better, like flat out. The biggest, the, 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 the smartest thing that you can do for your business is to take your business seriously. And if you take your business seriously, you need to be committed to investing where it makes sense in your business. You need to focus on what season of business that you're in. You need to find a strategy that you're able to execute and apply to the current situation of the business that you are in. I was talking to somebody else earlier today via chat and she was like, Jay, well, I'm ready to scale. I said, honey, you don't even have, it sounds like you're in build phase. You, you keep trying to, to scale something that does not exist. You're not even making a thousand dollars a month consistently yet. You have nothing to scale. Like this is now, now more than ever is a time for radical honesty with yourself, radical transparency with yourself I get that you want to be able to grow your business and take it to amazing heights. That is the goal for all of us. But there if you like, stop trying to apply strategies to a situation that is not relevant to where you actually are in your business. I'm not throwing shade. I'm being a 100 because, again, you cannot solve a problem that you do not acknowledge exists. If you don't yet acknowledge you don't have a solid foundation built, how can you ever solve that problem? You guys get what I'm saying? If you are not doing at least $4,000 a month in revenue, there is nothing for you to scale. The only thing that you need to focus on right now is articulating your program promise, communicating your value in a way that your ideal clients understand, and selling. That is the only three things, making contact with prospects and leading them through sales conversations. If you cannot do those three things, do not worry about scaling anything. Don't worry about building a digital course. Do not worry about... um, creating these evergreen funnels. If you're making less than $4,000 a month consistently, you need to focus on nailing in like those one-on-one offers, period. One-on-one. We got to get the one-on-one down. We got to nail some one-on-one down. Like, and when I say like, you know, on average, you should be able to do 20 to 40 K in a year. Some of you guys may not have that consistently month over month, but like averaging over the course of 12 months, if you're not doing 20 to 40 K in a year, all you need to focus on is one-on-one services. People are like, well, Jay, I want to scale beyond one-on-one. I don't want to have capacity constraints. Nigga, you ain't got no capacity constraints. You ain't got nothing but space, time, and opportunity right now, y'all. ooh, golly. Jenny from the block and came out. I ain't mean to go there on y'all today. I ain't mean to, but we here now. We are here now. Jay from the block and came out on y'all. Lord, help me. It is out of order. You are correct. I'm out of order. The business owners that think that also are out of order. But the main thing is y'all. If you are making 20 to 40k in revenue, 20 to 40k a year on average in revenue. The number one thing that you need to focus on is how do I get one-on-one sales? How do I enroll clients at my at my full price point, articulating my value, value, nailing down my program promise and knowing how to make contact with prospects to lead them through that sales conversation? That is it. Do you all hear me there? If you are beyond that threshold in your business, maybe you're making 30K, 50K, 60K, uh, all the way up to 100K. That's a time point where you probably have to pivot your business model. Y'all went in so hard, I almost fell out. You have to pivot your business model. And what I mean by pivoting your business model is you may realize that you are starting to experience a capacity constraint, a real one, not an imaginary capacity constraint, but a real capacity constraint, right? A real capacity constraint where you are either getting close to being booked out or you're already at capacity and you can't make any more money unless you take on more one-on-one clients. So you may realize then that you need to actually leverage beyond one on one services and leverage your services into a more like a group coaching program. But until you've reached that threshold, don't start, don't start worrying about solving those problems yet. So, y'all, I don't even know where I was at before this, but I just want to make sure I clarified that for y'all because some of y'all be tripping. Straight tripping. And be all now some of y'all got my personal phone number, texting me, talking about these issues. I'm like, we got to do better. Let's realign. Let's reevaluate. Let's center ourselves. Focus on how to move forward with, you know, deliberate momentum. Okay. This is like a musical dance. Okay. But that's all I got. That's literally all I got. Are you ready to have a service that sells? Are you eager to know what to say in your marketing so that prospects actually get how you can help them? Are you committed to doing what's required to take your coaching business to the next level this year? If so, you're going to love today's sponsor, my premium program, Services That Sell. Listen, running your own business comes with a lot of challenges. Converting clients does not need to be one of them. Creating content using live video will guarantee that you stand out from your competition And packaging a high-ticket signature service ensures that you attract those high-end clients. You know, the ones who are ready to invest and eager to do the work. I created a masterclass training sharing the proven framework that hundreds of coaches and consultants have used to grow an audience of qualified leads rather than a list of lurkers. Visit tereshahawk.com backslash raise your rates to register for my next training on how to enroll high-ticket clients. Consistently learn the proven strategy in this simple process I teach inside of my premium program, Services That Sell. And let me tell you, it really does work. Visit JerishaHawk.com backslash raise your rates today. How am I pivoting, Megan said? Uh, biggest thing that we've pivoted is our program, like how we're articulating our program promise. So prior to COVID-19, you know, we talked a lot about helping clients raise their rates And uh, sell their services like literally in the past week we've pivoted our program like we pivoted how we articulated our value to being helping clients overcome sales objections and helping people articulate their program promise. So we've really just been dialing in on that messaging and it has been resonating so much more with our prospects because right now. Helping people raise their rates isn't really the pain point that our audience has right now. The pain point that people have right now is how do I overcome sales objections? Because you're probably being met with some pretty unique sales objections that more frequently than you were before and how to articulate your program promise. Because if you don't know how to nail down your program promise, um, everything else kind of unravels after that. So that's the, been the biggest thing that we've pivoted literally in the past seven days that has helped us more directly connect with our most ideal clients over these past few days too. So um, that that's one thing. Like literally just adjusting those two phrases and how we articulate the value of what our program does has been beneficial. The second thing we've pivoted is how we've been making contact with prospects. So I think a lot of the time one thing I've been noticing too as I've been texting a lot of you guys over the past few days is people keep saying like, well, the stuff's on my website. I'm sharing it on social media. I thought that would be enough to attract qualified clients and get them to connect and engage with me. And the problem with that is it's a, it's a very uh, passive way of selling. And I'm a really big believer on like permission-based sales, first and foremost, and more of an active approach to selling and connecting with our prospects. So instead of just relying on email and posting on social media, you know, I've been doing more live streams. I've been like literally two to three hours every day. I've been in my direct messages or in my text messages talking to prospective clients. So honestly, giving more accessibility to myself um, and realizing that like now is a time where hustle is inevitable. Like, you know, if you if you still want to have the same amount of time off that you had before Corona, like you're going to get out hustled and outpaced. And that's just what I honestly believe. So, I mean, I know for me right now, like, there's just a lot of people who are in need in regards to a specific pain point problem that I solve. And creating more ease of accessibility and contact to me right now makes sense. So, like, a lot of what was on my calendar before has got literally cut and scratched And has been reprioritized and like talking to you guys, like doing this, being online right now for literally 52 minutes, doing this live stream. I'm probably going to be on here for, well, I'll be on here for as long as you guys have questions. You know, direct messaging my clients, sending voice messages, video messages, and text messages. Like that's, I'd say another thing that we've dramatically pivoted in priority is more accessibility to access for people to ask me questions and for me to answer them to help figure out whether or not we can help them solve their problem. So those are two of the biggest things I've pivoted in the past seven days that has uh, literally like in the past uh, 48 hours, we've made over $10,000 and we have another probably like 52 grand that is up in the air right now over the next four days. So to me, it's well worth the time. And honestly, like I said, like it's not just about me making money. It is about how many more businesses can I help not just survive but thrive right now during this time period. And like you guys are you guys already know, like one of my goals this year is I want to help a hundred business owners surpass a hundred K in revenue um, with their signature service or their leveraged offer. So it's like the more people I can get in contact with and the more people that I can help, the better. And if that means that like I'm making myself more accessible, then, like, that's just what it is. My fiance understands that. He understands that mission. Uh, this is why y'all got me looking like Dirty Diana out here today, deep conditioned and all in my curls, because the message matters more than my physical appearance to you guys. How do you determine which business coaches are actually successful and not just funnel hacking everyone else? Like people. So this is a really good question. Um. How do you determine which business coaches are actually successful and not just funnel hacking everyone else? One thing is like I, I ask, well, I don't ask people necessarily for receipts, but I definitely do my due diligence before I hire a business coach. So one of the things, we actually have a, a guide for this, like 20 questions to ask your business coach before hiring them or information for you to find. But one thing is I'm really big on sharing receipts. So like this is why I'm so open and candid about talking about my revenue and like how much revenue we're seeing on a month by month basis and doing live streams about my yearly revenue and things like that. Because in the online space, it's I think uh, probably all of us at some point or another have been burned at least once. Right. Uh, Many of us have been burned by business coaches before. But uh, one thing that you can kind of tell whether or not somebody is funnel hacking versus has their own foundation One thing you can look at if if it's hard for you to see results is do they have their own proven process? If the business coach that you're hiring does not have a proven process, meaning that they have their own, it's their own intellectual property that has been packaged and that they're teaching you based off of, I can almost guarantee it's been a funnel hack by somebody else or it's just a regurgitation of what somebody else has taught them. So that's a kind of a huge differentiator between um, business coaches that, are successful in their own right versus just regurgitating something they heard on somebody else's free podcast is do they have their own proven process? You know, um, one thing that uh, kind of what you guys can look for in that, like if you guys have been following me for any amount of time, we teach something called the POP method. We teach something called the lean launch, the champagne closer, um, the whole right response training, like everything that we teach is my intellectual property. And you know, I think that's a, a huge thing for you to um dial in on is when you're hiring a coach, is do they have their own intellectual property packaged into a proven process or proven framework? If they do not have their own proven framework, like I said, we don't, you know, that that's just a really clear indicator, right? Um the second thing is. You know, uh, how they, you know, how are they just not funnel hacking somebody? It's like, are they getting their clients results? Like, are they? are there testimonials and case studies and results out there that show that people who have followed their process actually get the promise that was guaranteed at the beginning of their offer? And this is why if you guys are in my Facebook group, we share client results at least twice a week. Um, if you look on DrishaHawk.com backslash results, you can see statistics on like our course completion rate, the the pace at which our clients see a return on investment, you can see all of our results. So I just think it's it, do your due diligence. But I think those are two very clear indicators as to whether or not somebody's just funnel hacking somebody else, versus, you know, their business is, is laid on a solid foundation. But the one one of the clearest giveaways, even if you'd have no idea. How much that client is making, how much that coach is making in their own business or how much they've made for other clients is do they have their own proven process? A lot of the time, if their are if their own intellectual property isn't packaged up into their process, it's a good indicator that like. I don't know, you know, so let me. Does that help I does that question? Does that answer help you guys? But that's something I look for all the time. Like, and, and I think the third thing, you know, if somebody's just funnel hacking somebody else, I can almost guarantee that their offer is not specific or niche. Nine times out of ten, it's not. You know, if you're hiring a business coach, it's like, yeah, I'll teach you how to, like, launch your business. It's going to be great. What does that mean? What does it mean to launch my business? What kind of businesses do you work with specifically? What type of launch method do you specifically teach? Um, why do you teach that launch method over another Who is this launch method specifically designed for to succeed? Like if you, a lot of the time people, and this is probably like, I'm calling some of you guys out. Some of you guys are probably overly funnel hacked uh, and it gets you far. It gets you, it doesn't get you far. It gets you um, a couple steps ahead of where you probably started, but it is not something for you to build a sustainable business off of. And the thing is, if, if, uh, if the promise is not specific and dialed in and niche, I can almost guarantee that they are, there's a disconnect um, with their actual process and how it is designed to help clients get results. So that's another thing to look for is how specific is their program promise? The more specific and dialed in it is, I can almost guarantee the more solid of a foundation that they have, how do they actually have a proven process? Meaning, do they have their own intellectual framework? Do they have their own processes, their own methodologies, their own models to teach what it is that they do? And then third is, do they have results anywhere? Like, have, have do they have clients or have they themselves gotten the promise that's guaranteed with what within their program offer? Monique said, is there only potential to pivot if your ideal pain points relate to making or saving money? I don't think so. I mean, I think it's relative regardless if you're helping people make or save money or if you're in the life coach or fitness or whatever. Like, I just think that if you're a life coach, even within that niche or if in fitness or wellness or um, leadership or career coaching or what have you, like, you just have to make sure that you are paying attention to what the pain, like what coronavirus right now is creating a heightened level of visibility to people's pain points, right? Right. So we have to make sure that your program promise actually aligns with the pain point that's specific to what's going on with them right now. And um, so it's not just about like if you sell things or if you're a business coach or B2B or whatever. It's regardless of whatever your industry or niche is. It's just you have to make sure that you're it's not really much the niche. It's about like how well you need to pivot the promise. So I think it's relative regardless of what industry you're in. I think every industry right now needs to switch. Um, For examples, like hair salons. I was um, in a mastermind this past uh, week where the guy, he works with salon owners and pretty much every salon, not even pretty much, every salon has been shut down. Right. So how is this salon who provides a service that is definitely, quote unquote, more of a luxury? Right. Um, Women getting their hair highlighted is not, I would say, a necessity. It is a very much nice to have. Is probably a high priority on a lot of women's lists, but one thing that they did instead of uh, saying like, hey, come in and get your hair done, they pivoted their promise to say, hey, we will come to your house and do at-home touch-ups, touch-up appointments. They pivoted their program promise. It wasn't necessarily a program. It was a service, but I'm just giving that as an example that has nothing to do with making their clients money. It's more of a nice to have, but um, even have a friend that has a barbershop. He did the exact same thing. They started doing at-home, like, you know, barber services or like the hair salon. They started doing at-home hair touch-up appointments. So it's still pivoting the, the promise of what's expected and pivoting the guarantee that they're offering. So I think it's relevant regardless of which industry you're in. Mark said, I think it's perfect time to really focus in during this time lockdown for three weeks. Like, yeah, like now is the... For so many people who are like, well, I don't have the time to grow my business. I don't have the time to like, you know, work on my offer. I don't have the time to quote unquote sell. Y'all ain't got nothing but space, time and opportunity now. Nothing but space, time and opportunity. Like now is the perfect time. And, And I would say this, like now is not the time to go create more things to sell. Now is the time to actually show up and sell. Like, let me iterate that. Now is not the time to go create more things to sell. Now is the time to start showing up and selling. Stop hiding behind your Canva graphics. Stop playing around in your journals. Stop thinking that you need to add more content and record more videos to your coaching program. You need to start showing up, connecting with your ideal clients, and selling your services. That is it. Show up and sell. Stop creating And fumbling behind the scenes. Let me reiterate that. I have life coaching certifications, but I don't have any clients yet. So I think, um, D.K.L.B., this is a common issue. Uh, So I'm really glad that you're bringing this up. Uh, A lot of the time with life coaching certifications or certifications in general, they teach you how to do a better job of delivering your service and they train you on your skill set on delivering your service but they don't really do a good job of teaching you how to package and sell your services. Um coaching certificate life coaching certifications at least the ones that I'm familiar with that a lot of our clients have is, you know, they teach you how to like deliver the service better. Um but a lot of the time those certifications don't teach you anything about how do you sell? How do you overcome objections? How do you articulate your program promise? Is that accurate for you too um or based off the experience that you had? <clears throat> yeah we i your snatching edges all day long i told y'all at the beginning of this year i'm coming for y'all throats this year like i think michael todd said that too ain't no playing around this year 2020 2019 was a um was a rough year 2020 is the year of like survival of the fittest you thought 2019 broke you 2019 gonna make you uh, okay, DKL, we said, yes, how do I market myself? The main thing with marketing yourself, it's, again, I think this is where uh, it goes back to everything that we've been talking about so far today. You do not need to focus on, like, uh, it's really difficult to market yourself and to show up and create content when you have not yet first clearly defined what your program promises. Because if you don't know the essence of what it is that you're trying to actually sell, it's it's super ineffective uh, your marketing will be super ineffective. It won't land. It may attract a bunch of people who engage with your content, but none of the, those people who engage actually end up enrolling. Um, you know, you might get interest, but nobody actually will take action to, to work with you or hire you. So like if, when it comes to marketing, if you, it, everything goes back to how well you have defined your, your program promise. And that program promise is not niched down pain point Problem specific, um, your marketing is not going to be effective. The The content that you create is not going to do anything, but at best get engagement, but it won't get people to enroll. So I think everything that you do goes back to like, is my program promise nailed down specific and niche enough? And if the answer to that is no, I would spend all of my effort, time and energy developing the skills around clarifying that before I invest in messaging, invest in anything for marketing before I do anything along those lines. Does that make sense? So I think that's something that's very, very, very important to recognize is if you, in uh, you're, you're, your program promise, you can't keep selling, I'm a life coach. Life coach is not a promise. Life coach is a career title. It is not a, uh, it's not a pain point specific problem. Um, selling. I'm a business coach. A business coach is not a niche. A business coach is a career title. Um, saying that I'm a graphic designer. A graphic designer is a career title. It is not a pain point specific problem. So you need to dial in on what that pain point specific problem is that you solve. And once you nail that down, then it makes it really easy to actually go out there and market and message because you know what it is that you're trying to connect people to. But when you don't have that down and you just start going out and creating content, you'll notice yourself just like, I don't know, regurgitating these like... uh, bland quotes uh, and, and canva background templates and it just, it'll seem very like blah uh, and that's not what we want. Does that make sense? I niched down, but then went wider, but I don't think I'm being patient enough. Yeah, you're probably not. I can almost guarantee it. How much of business is, Oh, I can't see the rest of your question. How much of business is patient and how much is strategy? That's a good question. Let me see how to answer that. I can, I can guarantee you, you're not being patient enough. (laughs) Um, And if you went niche and then went wide, you need to go back to being niche. Like none of us have the privilege to have broad promises. I don't have that privilege yet in my business, even though we've done over 700 K in revenue. I do not have that privilege of having some broad promise that I deliver. We are not Tony Robbins. Uh, We are not Rachel Hollis. We are not three times New York best-selling authors. We are not Marie Forleo. We do not we have not been in business for 15, 20 years doing seven figures a year. Like we do not have the privilege to have these broad audiences and these broad promises that we deliver. Your business has to earn the right to be able to do that. None of us, I can guarantee who are watching this right now, have earned the right to be able to do that. So if you had a niche audience before, you need to go back to being niche. You said how much of business is patience and strategy? It is something it's always both. Like the like honestly the ability for you to be able to succeed in business is you have to you always have to be strategic focused, especially when you're a solopreneur. Cuz you have to be able to see what's coming around the corner and be strategic enough to plan to make these fast time pivots and adjustments while also being relative to what like being um, in tune to what's relevant right now. And like, I don't even want to say it necessarily patience. You have to be able to have this strong uh, fortitude for like delayed gratification, I think is much more accurate than say like you need patience. Because some people say like, I hate when business coaches, let me say it like this, like they're like, well, you picked your niche, you just need to be patient and wait for people to like buy you. And like part of that to a degree is relevant But at the same time, if you're not proactively showing up, if you're not proactively selling your service, if you have not um, like if you haven't even first figured out whether or not your program promises the right one that you need to be patient on, you need to go back to strategy. So it's kind of like it's, it's this it's like a yin and yang that has to coexist at all times, in my opinion. That was a great question. Uh, so, Nick said, I know I'm, you're live on both platforms, on Facebook and Instagram. How do you keep the balance between the two? I've never done lives in two places at once. I mean, it's it's not really a balancing act for me. You know, I have one, I, both cameras are in front of my face. You know, I just pay attention to both comments. It's like, it's the only, like, going live on Facebook and Instagram at the same time is like being in the room with two of your friends at the same time. You're going to be talking to both. You'll be shifting your eye." To both. You'll probably uh notice yourself looking at one more than the other just naturally, because we're humans and we do that. Like, just look at it like that. Like, I, I like to dual stream because some people like watching me on Facebook, some people like watching me on Instagram. <laughs> you guys can see Billy in the background on Facebook. <laughs> look at him. He's over here trying to steal the and he's about to lay down. Oh, oh, he's he's gonna keep moving. <laughs> um but I like recording on Facebook because it at least saves my live streams versus Instagram. It disappears in 24 hours. So Facebook's always my fave. Facebook is my bread and butter. It is my platform of choice. Um, but I love being able to live stream on Instagram too, because I know a lot of you guys like watching on Instagram over Facebook. He already walked away, Mark. He's already on the other side of the room already. Uh, Whitney Kilgore. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Your profile picture is so beautiful. You are so pretty, by the way. She said, was there a point that you knew you had a good content but weren't able to get people to understand they needed your services? Girl, yes. What was your mindset when it was rough? Okay, it was rough for probably the first 18 months of me being in business. It was very, very, very rough. I knew what I had to offer was valuable, but people didn't understand it. And the reason why they didn't understand it was because I didn't do a good job articulating it. And I think we always have to take self-responsibility and personal accountability for that in our business. It is not our prospect's responsibility to understand what our services are. It is not their responsibility to get it. It is 100% your responsibility as a business owner to articulate your value in a way that they can understand. It is not our client's responsibility to connect the dots. It is our responsibility to connect the dots for them to invite them on the journey and to guide them through that entire process. And that is our responsibility. And I think my mindset at the beginning was very much like selfish. It's like, well, why don't they understand it? Like, woe is me? Like I kept playing the victim mentality of like, they don't get it. I have the wrong audience. None of them want to sign up. None of them want to pay. They just keep lurking around and never engaging on my content and you know, I literally had to tell one of my team members because um, she's been uh, starting to help out with sales a little bit. And she was like, Jerisha, I just don't understand. This person has been on our email list for two and a half years. They literally like all of your videos. They listen to your podcast. They have downloaded every free thing that you have. And every time you say that you're looking To enroll new clients, they raise their hand and show interest, but every single time they never buy. She's like, I just don't understand why they keep sitting in misery. And I said, you know, uh, I was telling my team member, I said, that is true. I used to get really frustrated by that, too, but I don't anymore because, you know, everybody its like it's like the friend that keeps dating all the trash dudes. You know, it's like the friend that keeps dating all the trash guys. And they keep dating these like terrible, terrible dudes and they keep coming to you like, oh my gosh, like why do I keep dating the wrong men? And I keep attracting all the same guys and like month over month, year over year, they keep harping the same message to you. And then finally, at some point, the light bulb goes off and they get it. And uh, it's not my job to or my responsibility to make them get it any sooner. You know, everybody's like journey you know everybody's journey comes at their own pace um and there's like certain things that you know you can't want for somebody more than what they want for themselves is something that I also had to you know recognize it's it's very true in business too there's um I know there's few of you guys who are listening to this literally right now who that description matches perfectly um and I don't get mad about it it doesn't upset me it doesn't it doesn't ruffle my feathers it doesn't do anything Um, because at, you know, some, I think a lot of people understand what they need logically at a logical level, but, uh, there is something that has to happen at a, like, at a belief level that they have to believe that they are capable of more than what their current circumstances are. And I can't give somebody that belief all the time. Some people are, are, are willing to borrow my belief until they can get their own, but they're willing to be courageous enough to have faith. And, like, I don't, but they don't, they may not believe it in themselves right now, but they're courageous enough to act on it. Um, a lot of, everybody isn't that way. So I think that's, like, a second part to this that you have to also understand. But the first part of it is if, like, in the beginning for me, I really struggled. But then I realized, like, oh, people aren't buying because I don't have a clear program promise. People are not buying, especially once you start raising your rates. If you're trying to sell something for fifteen hundred, three grand, seven thousand, fifteen thousand dollars, you better have a very clear program promise. And if if it, the program promise isn't clear, and you're not doing a good job articulating the value in a way that they can understand and connecting those dots for them, there's going to be a disconnect in their ability to buy. So it's it's the mindset shift is it needs stop thinking something's wrong with the prospect. You have to start thinking about what's wrong with how I'm communicating to them. What's wrong with how I'm articulating the value. Why don't they understand where am I missing the languaging? You know, our ego gets in the way a lot of being able to do that effectively. So, um, Whitney, does that help? I think that's like the biggest thing, biggest, biggest thing. And then the second thing is that other part that I talked about is like, it's not everybody's time. And like, again, I don't get, I used to get so, I used to take it so personal. Like, why aren't they ready? Like, they need this. Like, I know they need the help. I know we can help them. Like, I see their potential. You can see their potential all day long. But if they do not believe that, like, if they do not believe in themselves enough and are courageous enough to have the faith to take the step forward, there's nothing more you can do. Because the worst thing that you can do is when you reel a client in who doesn't have those things like who isn't 100% committed to doing what's required the worst thing that happens is they start to look at you like Christ versus looking at you like a coach they start viewing you as a savior rather than looking at you as a shepherd and that is the worst client dynamic that is like available like we none of us I do not want nobody should be in that dynamic of a coaching relationship because your job as a coach is to be a shepherd is to guide them along the journey, is to tell them where they need to make adjustments, to give them a playbook, but it's still on that client's responsibility to show up and play the game. Just like in basketball, Michael Jordan had Phil Jackson, wait, wait. did Phil Jackson coach, DJ, did Phil Jackson coach Michael Jordan? I'm pretty sure Phil, I know Phil Jackson coached Shaq and Kobe, but like Phil Jackson's job was never to get in the game and play the sport. His job was to coach the team and coach the players and massage the players. And yeah, did Phil Jackson coach Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan? But like that, that's the whole thing. So when you, when you start getting clients who they, they don't have that belief or they don't have the ability to have the courage and the faith in themselves. I forgot for a second. Then it really messes up the dynamic of the coaching partnership. Um, And it can get way too one-sided and, normally it's, is normally not a good relationship. Uh, somebody asked, how do you identify your cause when you're multi-passionate? Uh, I did a, I did a, I have an IGTV on this, so I'd actually really recommend going and listening to that. If you go to my IGTVs, um, we talk about that in there, but one thing I would recommend is that like, again, your business needs to solve a problem. Every one of your passions does not need to become a business. Um, every business idea you have is a, probably a great idea. Every business idea is not a great business opportunity. So it's really important that you decipher your passions from what can actually be profitable and your passions from this is just something you care to do and love to give even you know that doesn't need to be monetized versus this is a problem that I solve that can also be monetized. is it possible for your passions to also align with what can be profitable for you? Yes, is that true for everybody? No so I just think that's a, a really important distinction that um, people preach you know online like turn your passions into a profitable business doesn't always play out that way. so I just I really recommend um, looking through what you're passionate about and even first aligning are any of these legitimate business opportunities? and um are they worthwhile to pursue meaning will they even be profitable for me and if the answer is no uh, you know some passions just need to re- remain as hobbies and things that you're passionate about but like they I mean like for me like I'm I'm super passionate about super super passionate about like helping women and women of color uh not just have a seat at the table but have a voice once they get there I'm very very passionate and like compelled to to help remove the unique barriers that prevent like underrepresented communities from having access to certain levels of privilege and wealth that we were not born into that is something i'm passionate about a way in which i'm able to exercise that passion is i think if you have the ability to articulate your value in a way that other people can understand I do not care if you get fired today by your job. If you know how to articulate your value in a way that other people can understand, you will always have the ability to make money. And that's, that's kind of how I'm able to, that's one of the ways that I'm able to express my passion through my work. But you've, you've realized though, like, I do not sell helping women like, I don't know, become empowered. That's not my promise of my offer you know my promise is i help you learn how to articulate the value of what you do in a way that other people can understand i help you sell your services with confidence and clarity that's that's the that's what i actually sell that's the vehicle in which i deliver it but it does it ends up having a ripple effect that aligns with the passion that i have so i i does that make sense there's a couple it's just a different way to think about your passion and what can be profitable um, she did the impossible said is this only for coaches I, I think this is relevant to anybody that's well my my services are specifically for service based business owners so coaches consultants and service providers so freelancers uh, graphic designers that type of thing um, accountants attorneys lawyers uh, career coaches business coaches fitness instructors <clears throat> therapists counselors academics researchers. Um, my services are specifically for those who provide a service in coaching or consulting or freelancing. Um, but I think a lot of the principles that we're talking about could be applied in a couple different industries. Blair said, at what point should a solo producer consider expanding and creating a team? You know, when you're doing reasonably well and could use help, even if you're on an ad hoc basis, when should you consider? If you're asking the, pre- the question, Blair, you probably are at a point where you should consider it. Um, to be quite honest, like if you're doing okay, but you have like, even if you hire somebody five hours a week, like as a VA or to do a specific task to help with something, if you have capacity and have the resources to do it, I would say hire it. Because if it's a a $10 an hour task, you don't need to be doing it. And I think this is really where you start to understand the value of like a uh, opportunity cost, you know, how much money The time you're spending doing these things that could cost somebody else $10 an hour to do, how much money could you have been making in that same amount of time? And I know, like, for me, in a one-hour time frame, I can make anywhere from, you know, I I can make a couple thousand dollars. So it's it's kind of stupid for me. I'm actually robbing my business by not focusing my efforts on selling when I could have just hired somebody for $10 or $15 an hour to do that thing. You know, so that's something that I would recommend as far as team goes. Advice on hiring a VA, where, how much access do you provide? It, so one thing is, I don't just say go hire a VA, you, because there's a million different types of VAs. Like the first thing, I did a live stream video on this too, like how to hire your first VA. So if you look on my Facebook business page and just search my Facebook business page, how to hire your first VA, I literally break down an entire process on like what to think through when it comes to like hiring your first uh, virtual assistant. So it'd be able to go, it's like a 30 minute live stream. So it'll go way more in depth than what I can give you right here. You can find it on my YouTube channel too. So if you just Google Jerisha Hawk, how to hire uh, your first VA or virtual assistant, it'll come up either on Facebook or on YouTube. Is having your own intellectual property essential for all coaches uh, curated diet? Uh, It's essential for every business. Like you guys all have intellectual property, whether you recognize it or not. Um, Your intellectual property is like your the frameworks that you create for your process, like it's your um, approach that you take to solve the problems that you help your clients solve. All of us have intellectual property. Many of us have not yet unpacked our intellectual property and put it into a documented curriculum or into a step by step framework yet. You know, so like if, if somebody were to call you right now within the niche that you off, you, do, you work in and they're like, hey, can you help me with X? And normally you're able to just to like shoot off in your brain what you need to do or what they need help with. That's your intellectual property. Like that is you have a process that you go through in your brain. You just probably haven't yet documented it into a framework that can be repeated yet. Um, so do I think it's essential for the sustainability of your business? Absolutely. Um, this is, that's why it's one of the first things that we teach our clients how to do inside of services that sell and inside of leverage is how do you unpack your intellectual property and document your intellectual property in a way that it turns now into a repeatable process. Cause if every time you help a client, it has to be customized and you have to be there a hundred percent of the time in order to be able to, to get them the results, It just means you haven't documented your process yet in a way that is, you know, results driven, action based outcomes. And you probably haven't tested to see if it's repeatable yet because you you being able to do something for a client versus them being able to follow your process and get the result for themselves. That's two very different outcomes and two very different realities. So uh, that's something else I would also pay heavy, heavy attention to. And if you notice that is a case, something you might need to. Think about it and start focusing on. Marion said, I worked with a client helping him set up his new business. Uh, and the next month of business, he was asking for my services to set up a franchise. I turned it down. What do you think? I think, okay, I'm going to, Marion, um, I think this is a crowdsourcing question. One thing I, I I tell my clients all the time, too, is like, it's not a coach's job, an expert's job to give you, like, this a question is like, what do you think about it? Like you turned it down for a reason. Why did you choose to turn it down? And is the reason that you turned it down aligned with the values? And did you have a legitimate reason as to why you did it? If you did, then you did the right thing. You know, like it's not, I don't know your business well enough to tell you whether or not that was a smart or bad move. It goes back to like, it goes back to what was your initial objective and what was your reasoning why behind you made the decision that you made. Um, But I think it's really important that when we are working with a coach, to realize that it's not the coach's responsibility to tell us whether or not what we did was right or wrong in the sense of like, you know, somebody might be like, well, this is what, this is the program name I'm thinking of is that is this, is this good enough? You know, I I think it's like, we have to, uh, how do I say this? Like it's, it's your business at the end of the day. And I don't have enough context on your business. I don't know anything about your business objectives or what, like the reasoning for it or against it was, um, You know, if it was aligned with what your values were and aligned and you had like a legitimate reason for why you chose to do that, then I think you did the right thing. But I really I don't I don't have I don't have nearly enough context to give you like a legitimate response to that. Uh, But I hope you guys have a phenomenal rest of your day. I really hope that the discussion that we had at the beginning of this conversation about what you need to pivot in order to protect your business really landed and resonated with you. And just you know, I'm rooting for you guys during this time period. This is a time period where you get to prove to yourself what you're made of. And I'm really hoping that you lean into like knowing that you are capable and that you are proficient and that um, you have what you need. And if you don't have what you need, you're capable to go make make the decision to invest and hire somebody who can help you get through this time period. But yeah, thanks for tuning in. Feel free to share this with somebody who needs to hear this message and I will talk to you guys soon. Bye y'all. Hey there, Hawk Hustler. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening today. If you are ready to turn your side hustle selling services into a profitable online coaching or consulting business, visit JerishaHawk.com backslash workshop. Within just one hour of this free masterclass, yes, free 99, you will have a proven framework to convert not just better clients, but more clients who are willing to pay top dollar consistently. Visit drishahawk.com backslash workshop and I will see you there.